Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. We are still going strong today. Um, we had just finished recording the uh, podcast regarding the uh, work of the Holy Spirit in counseling and uh, in talking about the work of the Holy Spirit and the personal work of the Holy Spirit, uh, namely in believers, um, brought us to another idea that's pretty popular today. And so we just wanted to kind of do a bonus piece on uh, just speaking to this idea and really kind of speaking against it at the end of the day. So, Jeremy, you want to just kind of introduce the the idea, the summary of the idea? Absolutely. So it's not unusual for me when I'm counseling believers um, and talking to them about the Spirit's work in their lives, the Spirit's commitment, the Spirit's faithfulness to transform them according to His eternal purposes, uh, that I often will hear people come back at me and— uh, kind of resist this big God theology idea with a statement, uh, something along this line. Uh, my husband or, my, or myself, who we're both believers, we're not going to change until we decide to change because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he would never impose himself until we're ready. And so, you know, I hear that a lot in, in a counseling session with believers, this idea that, until I'm ready to change, um, it's not going to happen because the Spirit's a gentleman, and he's not going to force it. So I, I thought that would be a great thing to tackle um, because I'm sure those in our audience who are listening might at some point be confronted with a similar statement. Yeah, I mean, that could happen, you know, at work in a cubicle, and, yes. you know, just in whatever uh, work workplace that we're in, whatever influence that we have, that idea. Um can definitely come up and with that idea I just right out of the gate there's just so many holes in that in that theology really mm. uh and and way of living and understanding how God works and the whole purpose um there wasn't like a casual gentleman on the cross last time I'd looked mm-hmm. you know um mm. so yeah the, but there's definitely some scriptures that we want to go to in that Shauna do you have any uh any immediate thoughts to that idea? No, I'm just listening to you. And um, as y'all discussed it earlier before we even started recording and just kind of how bent you got about this. <laughs> <laughs> like you did not like that statement. Well, I don't like it because it cheapens grace. Um, and wasn't it uh, Bonhoeffer who kind of wrote on that idea, just um, a cheap grace. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't rightly understand the cross, uh, we don't understand grace. Mm. And if we don't understand grace, we're going to take advantage of it. And to me, the the very idea of that ideology puts that at odds with that truth of the cross. Mm-hmm. And w- w- like the whole purpose, like holiness does not compromise that. I mean, holiness, all of God's attributes met at the cross. So he's not going to on the front end go hard on the front end to the point where he takes his own son to the, to the cross to then on the back end, like be this blase, uh, you know, it's all, you know, whenever you feel ready mm-hmm. now he makes you ready. And, and think about this, uh, that statement itself is very human centric. Mm-hmm. So when the Holy spirit is working in the lives of human beings, his greatest aim is to glorify himself, to glorify the plan that the father had before the foundations of the world 
and to glorify the work of Christ in applying the finished work. So the Spirit's center is not the human will or the the humans, you know, respecting the humans' freedom or his the center is himself and his glory. And he's going to do whatever he needs to do to invade our worlds uh, to glorify this eternal work that we've been talking about. Yeah, and there's there's a couple of verses I, I know um, we, we're going to go through a couple of verses. Uh, but just a uh, matter of fact, I even want to go to the Old Testament in terms of the New Covenant. But Philippians 2.13, for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Mm. Not the will and pleasure of quote unquote, my good, because to me, even with, you know, the, the people that you were talking about, you know, to your point, um, you know, God's not going to, you know, change me until I'm, you know, I'm going to be the one who's going to bring the change. Well, no, you're not. Otherwise you wouldn't be sitting in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. Like you're never going to be at a point where you can cause that to happen within yourself. You don't have the power within yourself at how we define good according to God, not how I would define good according to my humanness or just, again, that's part of that human, as you mentioned, that human centric mm-hmm. thought, uh, thought process. Um, but even in Ezekiel, uh, 36, 25 through 27, where God says, uh, I will put a new heart within you. I will cause you, cause you to walk according to my statutes. So nothing's going to thwart God in causing him to do anything. Uh, the Old Testament is full of whatever God causes, it comes about. His word will not return void. So in even using Isaiah in that statement, what he what he carries out in creation, he can certainly carry out in the heart of a human being. I mean, there's even Proverbs. I mean, the... the the idea that I mean, the theme of that uh, is is so woven into Scripture uh, that, and again, I think Jeremy, um, maybe you you were going to speak to this in in a moment, but just this idea of man's free will, this this whole idea of free will, um, to anybody who's even remotely studied the topic of free will, like that idea is not in Scripture. It's it's a human it's a human pagan thought process. Mm. And understanding human free will, there's nothing free about our will. It's only free in the sense of its nature, which God is, by definition, the freest of beings. Um, he, he is so free, but he does everything according to his nature, which mm. means even his creation, his creatures, whatever he will do, Philippians 2.13, for example, he's going to carry it to completion. Mm-hmm. Whatever he chooses to do, he will do it. Now, you know, some may make the argument, and this kind of goes back into some things that we talked about in our previous podcast about God's will and his permissive will and, and just that whole conversation that we had. Um, yeah, I can go out and I can break God's law. Like, he'll permit that. But if there's something that he's going to do in and through me, if he chooses to do so, he will bring it about. And my finite little free, quote-unquote, free will is not going to stop that. Yes. So, anyway. I'm done. I'll jump off my soapbox now. But so, really, if you think about it, this idea that we're talking about sounds a lot more like a Star Wars saga, <laughs> where it's the good yeah, force against right. the dark force. Yeah, and they're like they're both neutral and powerfully speaking, like equally the, powerful. Right. Yes. Yeah. And and who's going to win it out? Uh, but that's really not theologically how we 
see the Spirit working in the Christian life. Now, some people might get confused. You know, you go to a, a passage like Galatians 5, where uh, Paul highlights this inward battle. That is, that is real. Uh, but I say, walk by the Spirit. This is in verse 16 of chapter 5. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Okay, so there's this inward battle. Um, but nowhere in, in that could we imply that the Spirit is being overwhelmed by our fleshly desires. There's, there's nothing there. And the very next statement says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And every Christian that is uh, regenerate and, and born of the Spirit is led by the Spirit. They're not under the law. Uh, so I think, you know, we have, to, we have to acknowledge the battle. We have to acknowledge the tensions within. Right. But exegete that kind of thing in the whole of Scripture where we know that the Spirit of God is going to accomplish everything he has set out before the foundations of the world according, as you uh, read in Philippians, according to his perfect pleasure. Yeah, and, and, and his, his perfect pleasure is not contingent on how we feel about it. Correct. You, you know, I mean, it's not it's not based on, you know, so like even in my prayers, like God, like that part of that is conforming my heart to his will, mm. even as a believer. Mm. Um, and so even to, you know, bring it to the heart level with people who were counseling um, and just that whole idea, they're hearing that from somewhere. Mm -hmm. But but that whole idea comes from what's what's already in man's nature it's this idea that somehow i'm responsible i've got this autonomy that is all powerful mm. um and then even to the believer who would even suggest or think that um, that just demonstrates that they've ne they haven't been taught the full weight of the gospel mm. in other words they don't realize that we've been we're dead to sin yes so they they it, when you said that like i'm responsible what do you mean for what do you mean by that when you what said you that they, you, when in your statement just now, you were saying where they think that they're responsible, responsible for what? No the change it, within. Yeah. Or? In other words, the, the the human nature that this idea of autonomy, like it's within my mm -hmm. ability to choose, however I so will, mm -hmm. um, and that goes against the whole point and purpose of being a new creation. The pursuit is Christ likeness. That is not up to me. Mm. Now, it, it, you know, and this gets into the, the, the conversation about sanctification. You know, justification purchased that, brought it about, and it's the Holy Spirit who's bringing that about, that new creation, um, and which even to go back to our previous podcast uh, where Jeremy points this out in his book that it's the Holy Spirit changing, psychologically speaking, everything about man. He's the one doing these things. Man at that point... From from the flesh, like Paul says, he puts no confidence in the flesh because he knows what the flesh is. Mm -hmm. But our, our people don't realize that that's what I'm saying. This this is again why theology matters. Mm -hmm. um, people just they it's almost like they just speak out of ignorance. So it's almost instead of getting angry about it, like I want to weep, you know, uh, when we face those type of counselees because they're they're clearly hearing a rhetoric from somewhere, whether it's the culture or maybe the church that they're going to isn't preaching the gospel mm. or they don't understand the doctrines of the faith. Um, 
Well, I, I think that's the, really the way that you, we should approach it, not in a, in a way that, you know, we get angry and ungentle in communicating the truth. Like when they're saying that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, it's more just redirecting them to the truth, helping them realize. Like I just remember I was lovingly uh, corrected um, years ago when, um, yeah, it was years ago, not recently, but no, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, but you know, the whole, the whole mantra of like, you know, oh, God won't give you more than you can handle. And I remember a pastor's wife said, well, Shauna, actually I disagree with that. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And then she explained it to me and walked me through the truth of what that scripture was really saying. And in that, and then I remember we, we saw, I was like, okay, yeah. And then I pondered on it because we were actually at a women's conference. And then I came back to her and I was, and I actually said, tell me, tell me that one more time, like re kind of communicate that truth to me. And when she did that, it was so revealing to me of, wow, how easily we can misinterpret the scripture or our understanding of things like that, including what we're talking about today, which is the role of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, um, and I loved, I actually appreciate that. And it really changed the trajectory of like how I spoke truth in other people's lives because I was so grateful that someone took the time instead of just agreeing with me, like, oh, thanks for saying that. Bless your heart. Yeah. It, it was more <laughs> like, no, this is actually what the truth said. And there was a gentle way of doing that. And so mm. I think with the Holy Spirit and, and even like, you know, how people pray right now to God is, hey, how can I bring God to the horizontal perspective? This is what I, how I see it. This is how I want mm-hmm. it, Lord. Mm-hmm. Genie in the bottle. This is who we've created God There's to be. There's a correlation to what you're saying, though. Huh? Like that thought process, bringing God to the horizontal is part of the problem. Right, right. And so then from the Holy Spirit perspective, it's just more about like um, – it, 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 we almost eliminate his role because we're all about like what I can do, you know? Mm. And so when you read these scriptures, Paul's really great about like that whole star, star Wars saga of just the whole war of the flesh. And at, you know, if you're walking in the spirit, you're walking in the flesh. And so what does that look like? And so when you have the word walk, it, it makes it to where it's this current thing. It's, mm. it's, it's how I'm actively being obedient to this. Right. But one of the things as I was reading, as, as you guys were talking in before, where Paul is really big about for for to set the mind on the flesh is dead, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. That's Romans 8. So that's a great chapter for you guys to read and, and to dig into a little bit more that, that, that the spirit helps us in our weakness. Then in Colossians, right, when he's writing the letter to the church, he's reminding them to set your mind on the things above and not the things on the earth. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's all about right? Like the spirit that's in us, the work that God is doing in and through us and how we, um, uh, man, Jeremy, what did you say? It's, it's in our nature. What did you say about the Holy spirit earlier? You're like, it's not something that we, um, that we do or try to do, but it's just within our nature. Like the, when we are a new creation, right? This whole put off, put on standpoint is we already have the put on when we're a believer in Christ. And so in that we then get to walk out the fruit of the spirit, So it's not like, oh, let me pray for joy. No, you have joy. Let me pray for peace. No, you have peace. It's more than our sanctification process that we're growing in that. The the fruit gets almost bigger and stronger in a way that, uh, that we start living obediently naturally to that. Here's one of my challenges that I have is the part where the Holy Spirit convicts, where we shy away from the fact that, if someone is truly one, I, I I went ahead and confessed earlier about me misinterpreting a scripture, right? That was false. I was taking the truth of the word 
and, and falsely communicating that to encourage a fellow Christian. Love that where I got called out on that and grew from it. But there's also times where, right, I could be living in sin or one of our Christian brothers and sisters are walking in sin. And the whole, we, we can be used as a tool to, to help stir that conviction within them mm-hmm. when they're being disobedient to Scripture or they're living disobedient to God. And so sometimes, again, it's like, oh, let me, God, the, the genie in the bottle, like do this particular thing for me. Well, when we're living in sin and we're blind, in that way we almost make that whole the holy spirit to be um hmm, let me see what am i trying to communicate here um in in a way that is oh he's going to forgive me like i'm okay do you know what i mean like in doing what i'm doing and and we have grieved the spirit in a way that we're not feeling the weight of the conviction because we're so far away from god's truth and i i can't think of a more cruel being than a being that would wait until a fallen, finite creature invited him to change his heart or convict him. Because I'm finite. By nature, I'm self-centered. I need a, an omniscient, um, omnipotent, loving, gracious person to override my natural bent yeah. and transform my heart. And there's an implication in that whole statement, God is not going to, God is, uh, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and he's not going to change me until I'm ready. Well, the implication is that you becoming ready was you. Right. The only way you can become ready is if the Holy Spirit invades your heart and makes it that way. Mm -hmm. You can't be ready Mm -hmm. unless he moves in you to be so. And that's the whole point and problem with that. And just really quick, uh, Shauna, to what you were saying, um, I'm, I certainly wouldn't take that out on the person who I'm counseling. I just, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I'm indignant at the idea and the theology behind that whole ideology um, as it's propagated. Yeah. That's what I have a problem with. Um, and even to that point, Jeremy, is when – that idea, all it does is continue to placate to the flesh. That mm-hmm. gentleman is really a euphemism for walking in the flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you think about it, when they, when they say by their own admission, um, and I'm saying they as the counselors because they're unfortunately the proponents of that theology because they're bringing it into the counseling context. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but for them to say that, getting indignant at the idea because they don't realize that that's not the gospel. Yeah. Uh, that nature like there's no neutrality in this soul for the old nature. It's dead, and there's a new tenant. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is and will continue on in the process, and that's the whole point. As as the as the Holy Spirit is in us, that uh, that's actually the causal agent that's allowing us to make the effort to become to grow in our godliness, as First uh, Timothy two would talk about. Um, that. Uh, make every effort, you know, I mean, grow in godliness for godliness. Sure. It's making that effort for godliness. We're never going to do that in and through the flesh. It's just, it, 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 it's impossible. Uh, again, we're talking about two separate natures. So it's almost this idea of having a, a dual nature remain in me and I can just, you know, it's almost like saying I'm going to continue to walk in my sin until I feel ready to allow the Holy Spirit to convict me of the sin to kind of bring it full circle to what yeah. you were saying. That even takes the point of just in prayer, just making sure that you have that time for confession and repentance because we don't want to be uh, blinded to the sin or um, how we sin against the Lord 
and and grieving the spirit in a way that we um I lost my train of thought. It's okay. That happens. Yeah. Um, Except when it's recorded, then everybody gets to hear. You no, but to, to go what you're saying, though, Shauna, that's what needs to happen with ah. the flesh. We need to lose the train of thought on the flesh, that that whole commentary and rhetoric, because that that's the problem. Well, I want to feel the weight of the conviction, I think, is where I was going with that. It's yeah. like I welcome conviction where we, we, we don't like the way that that feels because it might bring false and guilt. But it, in reality, when I'm setting my mind on the things above and I and it, prayer isn't just like a checklist or something that I do. It's something that really kind of like um, repostures my life and my heart to the reason why I'm breathing right now mm-hmm. and why I'm living today and the assignment that I have today. And if there if if conviction comes, then that's thank you, Lord, for helping me see that I'm out of I'm out of line of Your will. And, um, you know, I'm st- I still got Romans 8 open here. And on verse 27, it said, And he who searches heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. How many times have That's you right. gotten like, how do I know if I'm walking in the will of God? Well, the Spirit is helping you with that. He's interceding for you. Mm-hmm. He's leading. He's guiding you. But the question is, is is our is our eyes on the horizontal or are we focused on the vertical? And mm-hmm. I think that's where the posture, the right reverence. I love how you're talking about God's attributes. He's he's all present. He's all powerful, loving. He's he's good. He's working for your purpose. And are are we thinking that the Holy Spirit, from a gentleman's standpoint, is like tapping us on the shoulder, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, Shauna, like, right. you know, yeah. over here, I'm over here." It's like, no, mm. like I want him to gut punch me and and <laughs> and say, "Hey, wake up, girlfriend! Mm-hmm. Like, you're you are like so far off track. Get back in your lane." Yes, Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And if we're if we're not if we're not listening or um or um. Well, I think, like you said again, it's just our nature as we're engrossed in God's word and, and in prayer that it becomes our nature. We naturally just um, li- live through our suffering, our weakness, the things that's happening on the earth for God's glory and purpose. So I don't know if that's speaking to anybody who's listening today, um, but you know that's that's just what I'm thinking as far as like convictions. Not something as as believers we should be scared about. Um, or fearful about, or even just turn it into false guilt and shame, but more so confession, repentance, get back on track with the Lord. We welcome, Lord, anything that I'm, I'm falling astray from. Um, and it, does that fall in line of what you guys are saying as, as far as like the gentleness of Holy Spirit, or did I get off track? No, it, it it's all it, it all speaks to it. And I'll even go just a little bit further here just to kind of do a little biblical theology on the whole idea of, you know, before – even in, in, in John, where um, which you read in our last podcast on the Holy Spirit, where Jesus is giving them the promise that the Spirit will not only come upon them, but be in them. Well, what's interesting, the Spirit falling upon, and then you actually see that in the Old Testament, when the Spirit came upon or fell upon uh, his people or a prophet or even Samson, when it fell on, like, there was an action. Something happened. That's probably going to be mm-hmm. that little click that I just did. Uh, yeah, a little snap there. But... The reality is when the spirit wants to move, it moves and there's a reaction. It even, so you see this whole idea throughout scripture when the spirit of the Lord fell upon or when the spirit of the Lord came upon, something happened. Mm -hmm. It wasn't at the will, it wasn't at the bent or the will of man. Mm -hmm. No, it was like the Lord spoke and it happened. Yeah. So I, I just... That, that whole idea just tells me that there hasn't been a whole lot of forethought in getting into Scripture and understanding things biblically. Yeah, I think it's just one of those Christianese phrases yeah. that people pick up, 
And because we live in the West, uh, it's a very man-centered uh, culture, and that, that seeps its way into the church. And we lose what I call a big God theology. Yeah. And this whole thing is a good reminder for us in counseling ministry, discipleship ministry, church ministry, when we're working at the deeper levels one-on-one with people. Yeah. Theology is very important, and we don't want to assume that a person's theology of the Spirit is uh, what Scripture says it is. They may have this mindset that uh, they have much more power than, uh, than they actually do. Uh, I remember when, uh, when I was r- wrestling through uh, the whole thing of, of the doctrines of grace and election and all of that, what, one event sealed the deal for me, and it was an R.C. Sproul Chosen by God conference down in Houston. Uh, and he just went through Romans chapter 9. And this is the, the passage that just blew me out of the water. And because uh, he said most of us. The gold chain of redemption. Most of us have been taught Romans 1 through 8, but for some reason we don't continue into 9. Right. And 9 is a very, very provocative uh, uh, chapter for some. But in verse 14, uh, Paul says this. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. And I think that that not only applies to justification and regeneration, but it applies to the change process. Yep. And I'm thankful that I don't have to rely on the capacity of my will to get into the next step of my sanctification, into the next realm of holiness that, that God has called me to. I thank God I don't have to wait until my will is ready for, for that to happen, but that I have a, a spirit who, is, who loves me, and he's committed to the plan. He's committed to honoring the work of the Redeemer, and he loves me, and he's committed to working in my to override my will with something beautiful. And he doesn't do that in a robotic fashion. You know this idea of free will. Uh, we have to be careful. Luther has got a gr- you know great perspective on this. The will is free to do what it wants, but it is enslaved by those wants. Okay, so it's free to do what it wants, but what are the wants that? It's not a vacuum. It's not a neutral thing. There are desires and affections that are pulling the will in one direction or the other. No, that's good because it's born from somewhere. Yes. Uh, to your that's point, right. it's not vacuous. It's that's being correct. born out of something. Yeah. And it's that nature, mm-hmm. the nature of that will. And um, which we should welcome too because at the end of the day, he's all-knowing. Like the Holy Spirit knows exactly mm-hmm. what we need and where yes. we're at. and. Um, and, and we, like, we should welcome that. Like, I mean, think about that. Like mm-hmm. how, how overwhelmed and stressed we get because we can't figure it out because we're leaning on our own understanding. And, and reality, apparently that's like, when you call on the gentleman uh, <laughs> when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, just really quick, you know, if, if there is, um, someone out there, I, I love how we're in this training program and I'm starting to think differently, uh, in this equipping mindset of giving them the how to's, you know, and so if you're a counselor out there or even just, uh, in roles of discipleship and you have someone who, uh, 
has a little Christianese quote like this or statement or they're uh, misinterpreting the scripture, you know, my thoughts are never just to, in, in the thought of gentleness, how do we gently redirect them or correct them, right? Um, and, and what we're called to do. Um, I, I always do little, so here's like a little how-to, and maybe y'all have some suggestions too, but it's more about like saying, okay, I hear what you're saying, but let me give you another thought on that. And so then you deliver mm-hmm. your perspective and then welcome feedback. This isn't just for you to teach or just throw in, this is what I believe, and then leave the discussion. Mm-hmm. It's more so let me give you another thought as you deliver that thought, then welcome the discussion and the feedback. Maybe it's something that you won't come to, you've changed their mind in that moment, but you allow the spirit to work with them mm-hmm. afterwards. Or, you know, at times where I'm like, um, okay, so here's what I'm hearing you're saying, but I'll walk them through the scripture. And then as they read the scripture, ask them, okay, now how does that align with what you just said? Mm-hmm. Right. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Walk them through the scripture. Now, how does that scripture align with what you're saying? Do you feel like it lines up? And allow that contradiction to kind of naturally happen. Y'all have any other tips like that that might be helpful for them on how to redirect or speak gently into false? Yeah, to to me, this falls in the same category of uh, restoring a brother in Galatians six, right? Where uh, because we're to to me, it all follows because you know, really, typically, you know, they're coming to us circumstantially, right? Um, or there's a level of sin and, and, and we're combating all of those things and we're addressing that gracefully, carefully, which back to Galatians five, before you even get to Galatians six, it's walking in the fruit of the spirit. You know, well, mm-hmm. what's one of the fruits of the spirit, gentleness, kindness, self-control, uh, those things that you're applying in that context. Well, when somebody comes and you hear bad theology, well, that's where through their circumstance, we can, we can identify where that theology is bad and help redirect it. Mm. So it's just, it's gracefully um, doing, and even kind of going back into to Matthew chapter 7 and judging, it's, you know, I'm I'm removing my own speck. So when I deal with my own bad theology, because I'm growing in that, um, I can gracefully go and remove the, the, remove the log that's in my own eye and then go ahead and remove the speck that's in my, you know, my neighbor's eye. So, so hashtag theology matters. Yeah, but that that's somebody... Well, if you if you hashtag <laughs> if you do hashtag theology matters, that's gonna take you to probably twenty. Okay, different okay. Things. Hashtag speak the truth. There you go. Hashtag <laughs> theology yeah, matters. Speak get the them truth. linked. Get them linked. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, man, this is this is definitely some good conversation, and and really at the heart of all of this is um, theology does matter, um, and if for all of us who are walking with people, um, we need to be aware and listening to what they're saying, because um, that may be an opportunity. Uh, for you to to address something um, gracefully and just by means of conversation and introducing uh, new thoughts to them um, and, and helping them see uh, the truth of what that is. Uh, Jeremy, any, any concluding thoughts? Well, I, I totally appreciate the how-to aspects of doing this because um, I think especially in a counseling context, but really in any ministry context, we want to we want to we want to be advocates for people who might be misinterpreting something. We we don't again, you know, last time we talked about what we need to be asking the Holy Spirit for as we minister and that's that we're not following our own agenda. And when these kind of things come up, my agenda could become I'm right, you're wrong, and I've got to prove that. Mm-hmm. 
we these conversations need to be driven by a love for our brothers and sisters. Yes. And I love what you said, Shauna, to to give them a place to wrestle through. Yes. And then we even as counselors, if we really believe what we're saying, the Holy Spirit is going to convince them of truth as they if they if they open their hearts up to it. Um in, and then he's going to work to get them to open their hearts up to it. Mm-hmm. So it, we have to trust the Holy Spirit even to convince our counselees of truth. We don't need to, to feel like we've got to raise the bar until we put enough pressure on them to believe something different. When you read a passage and then they, you ask them the question, what do you, what do you think in light of what I just read mm-hmm. and what you have said? They sound different. Well, we need to give them space to wrestle with that. We need to say, you know what? That's your homework for this week. Just go to this passage and just ask, open your heart before the Lord and say, Lord, help me see truth. And then we will depend on the spirit who loves them more than we do to help them see what they need to see. That's good. Yeah, that is good. Very good. All right. Well, that is it for us today. Uh, We will be back next time. Uh, with uh, some new new series, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about some different things, which I would encourage our listeners to leave us reviews, whether you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever your means is uh, for your RSS feed and everything. Just uh, give us some reviews um, and share interact it. with us. Yeah, share it. Um, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, Speak the Truth uh, E4, and um, just let us know some things that maybe you want to know about and hear about that we can talk and and discuss um, it's just even some of the reviews that we've had. Some people have made some some comments on there, and and, and we want to apply those uh, as quickly as we can because uh, we want this to be beneficial and edifying. Yeah. So for stop our interrupting listeners. me. Yeah. Huh? Oh, is it me interrupting you? I don't know. You literally just did it. Yeah, I know. I love it. Oh, All that's right. funny. No, but we appreciate those reviews. I mean, hey, pros and cons. We want to grow and want to make sure that it's not about us. It's about you know you and. and equipping you in exactly the areas that you need to grow. So I love that. Yeah. Let us know. All right. We'll see you guys next time.